2: Super Bowl Monday as we record. No more football. Only one more game to recap. This week on Pod Like a Raven. A bittersweet intro for me, for us. No more football for months and months. No more NFL football. No more good football for many, many months. I am Antonio Barbero. Thank you for listening to us on Pod Like a Raven. It's Super Bowl Monday as we record here. We went out with a bang, fellas. Went out with an awesome finish, and we're going to talk all about it. Let me bring in my co-hosts here on the East Coast first. Tim Horsey. Tim, how much sleep? Good sleep after that game? I I had, like, the adrenaline of it. It wasn't falling asleep until way too late. Uh, How are you doing today as we record on Monday?
1: So, uh, like the savvy veteran that I am, I usually take the day after the Super Bowl off. So I have done nothing today. I was productive in terms of, like, I went to the grocery store and did a little workout. But all that started a little bit later. So, yes, I did get plenty of sleep because, uh, yeah, I I kind of anticipated this game being a banger. And it was a banger. Um, You know, ruined in the... The worst possible way, which we'll get to towards the end. But, uh, yeah, I'm feeling okay afterwards. Didn't really have to deal with work, and then my my work week will start as you're listening to this, probably. So a bit of time to recover, I guess, from an epic Super Bowl. That's smart. That's smart.
2: The, The league itself is still trying to catch up to Tim's rule here about getting the Super Bowl to the day before President's Day. So the rest of the country is actually off as well on the West Coast jace evans i love it already jace you guys you can't see him obviously through the through the podcast listening devices but he's got the ravens jersey on and that's how you finish a season of pod like a raven he's got the flacco the flacco the clean white flacco jersey jace i'm going to use that as just an assumption for how you're doing there's a bit of finality to uh to what i assume is how you're feeling uh on this monday afternoon
0: yeah, um, you know the the 2022 season on the whole, I would say not not an enjoyable one <laughs> um, for for Ravens fans uh, in particular. Uh, I, I, certainly, of teams that made the playoffs, I've never enjoyed a Ravens season less. I would say, but um, so I'm glad it's over. But what you guys said great super bowl i really think it was top 10 for me I, I it was just it was a heavyweight battle it was the two best teams in the nfl going head to head i think it lived up to the billing and then some and yeah, it, there's some things to debate about how it ended, but uh, I thought it was great. So, uh, you know, and we had some friends over, so I got to watch with them for the first half. We fried up food for about the fourth uh, consecutive weekend, get the house smelling of grease real good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's the good stuff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, and that was fun, and then the second half I had to work, so... Um, yeah, a lot of soda. Stayed up real late. Woke up real early, I think, because the is still in my body. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, it, it was good though. It, it was, I think, uh, even though there was some controversy, I thought it was a good end to the 2022 season. Uh, and I'm glad the season ended. It'll certainly be an interesting off season for the Ravens. We will not get into that too much, but um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was just a great capper to you know, what was a frustrating season otherwise for me as a fan.
2: My 10 seconds on the Ravens. Uh, Obviously, we saw two excellent quarterbacks and two great offenses, but the thing that got me was offensive play design. There were a dozen different times where I said, wow, look at how good X team was at getting three yards on third and three, or getting... You know, you know what the Eagles did well 12 different times? QB sneak. Need a yard? QB sneak. Succeed. Need two yards? Do it again. Succeed. Uh, and then the Chiefs doing their various maneuvering to get just open players, open receivers, open backs. This, This is on you now, Ravens front office. Get somebody who can do that offensively and we can actually have a... A more fun Ravens season, and that's maybe it. a the, guy who was
1: calling the, <laughs> plays in that game. Maybe, maybe, maybe that guy. Just, just a thought. Just he thought. needs space, Tim. He needs a team
2: that he can really shine on and be the guy, and not not have to be uh, behind Andy Reid. Um, okay, that's it on the Ravens. Let's turn to the Super Bowl because it was an amazing game. I'm gonna kind of just go through first half, second half here, uh, and let my let my co-hosts jump in whenever they want to. I'm gonna start with. The Eagles' first drive, because I get to complain about one of my prop bets, Uh, it was laying out perfectly, guys. Just just as I said, uh, in the prop bet scenario, Eagles get the ball first, they have that first drive, they execute everything to perfection, they get inside the red zone, they have four runs from the 11-yard line or closer, and none of them went to their starting running back, and my first touchdown scorer, Miles Sanders, at plus 850. Would have been a nice start. Would have been a nice little kickoff to just give him a carry uh, inside the red zone. He had zero. Eagles go up 7 nothing. Thanks, Philly. Uh, and one prop was gone so so very quickly. Chiefs counter to make it 7-7 seven to seven, uh, with a touchdown to Kelsey, which gave my MVP prop just a little bit of life early in that game. The Chiefs missing a 42-yard field goal to take the lead. You know who wouldn't miss a 42-yard field goal in the Super Bowl? You know who that is. The Eagles then have three great scoring drives sandwiching uh, a horrendous drive in which Jalen Hurts fumbles by himself. The Chiefs pick it up and score. We could have had a legitimate route by halftime in this game and instead of what could have been, what, a a 31-7 halftime score ends up being a 24-14 game that it seemed like maybe the Chiefs, you know, would have been out of completely. You have the Mahomes tweaking the ankle tweak on his last offensive snap, which is just, it's a weird game sometimes, guys. It was the oddly perfectly timed ankle tweak where he didn't have to go out there for another play. They didn't need Henny. They have the long halftime. He's got the full 40 minutes to to come back from it. And boy, did he come back. But before we talk about that... Uh, what were your guys' takeaways from from the first half of this ballgame?
1: I just want to go two quick things uh, on the quarterbacks, especially uh, in in this first half. Two points. I'll go with my salty, maybe a bit of hyperbole one first. Why is no one talking about Patrick Mahomes is just doing the Paul Pierce bit where he's not really hurt but then acts (laughs) like he's hurt? Like The man said he didn't take any shots at halftime. I know we'll get to his second-half performance. I'm pretty sure they gave him all of the doll in that stadium. Because the way he was, like, sprinting around after, like, ah, 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 hopping off the field, like like he had been shot legitimately in the ankle. Look, and again, we're going to do this later in, in the second half as well. I think this this already cements Mahomes in, like, the top three quarterback conversation for me. And I don't want to have the conversation, what well, was he on the trajectory to do the Tom Brady stuff? I think th- th- his performance – And, you know, like I said, we'll get to it really, really puts his legacy into a different sort of category than it already was. But that was just kind of ridiculous to me, like watching him sprint around in the second half after like, again, acting like he had been shot in the ankle with like a 12 gauge at close range. It seemed a bit ridiculous. But um, I thought on the other side, Jalen Hurts throughout this game, but especially in the first half, was incredible. Um, I think he, it was the best game of his career. All these doubters about, well, the guy can't, you know, throw the ball that well. He had two passes it, for my money, two passes that were quote unquote bad. He had a jump ball early, like trying to reconnect on AJ Brown, or excuse me, later, trying to reconnect to AJ Brown after the touchdown pass. And he also had the Hail Mary, which was just horrendous. But outside of that, I thought his. He made all the throws. He made the right decisions, especially in the first half, as we're talking about here. And, you know, pointing to the first half specifically, the poise on that guy. Like, look, if you're a football fan, you're listening to this podcast, you already know about this. But that dude is unflappable. He is the, like, get out of here with the Joe Cool stuff. Like, that's great and all. And, like, I get the Joe Cool. Like, Joe Burrow's got the moxie and what have you. The, the stone-cold killer in this league is Jalen Hurts. The way that guy just doesn't let anything get to him, from the Tua benching, if you didn't hear about that, they mentioned that like 800 times on the broadcast, to now the fumble touchdown, where he makes a horrendous play that, gi- that gives the Chiefs uh, basically an easy score. Comes all the way back down the field, the first play is a running play designed for Hertz and good on the offensive coordinator as well. Uh, Shane Steichen, I believe his name is, to basically say, we trust you. We still believe in you. And they should because Jalen Hurts played out of his mind in this game, especially in the first half. And I was – as somebody who admittedly hasn't watched a ton of Eagles this year because, again, they really haven't played anybody, so they haven't been in like, any of these big primetime games, what have you. They're, they're on Red Zone, on the second TV while I'm you know, throwing stuff at the Ravens television, all that kind of thing. I I was so, so impressed with the way he played, and, and, and the first half especially was magnificent from him.
0: Yeah, I – you know, obviously the fumble's disappointing because, as you laid out, uh, to that point, they're dominating the game. That fumble comes on the heels of a Chiefs 3-and-out. Uh, and so you're already up 7. And so for it to be tied there after you think, you know, the Chiefs haven't played like that that well to that point, like – I was just like, man, this is how Kansas City gets back in. But then the response from the Eagles, like Tim exactly. just said, the po- the poise. It, it was it was they twelve play seventy five yard touchdown drive. Like they're, they to go back up and then add to that at ten at halftime. And especially with the Mahomes injury, that's what I thought. I was like, okay, that fumble stinks, but like I was like, this team's poised, and the Chiefs are not stopping the Eagles. Like that was that was the thing. I was like. Eagles' wounds are self-inflicted, but even with that, they immediately go back up 10. Uh, go up 10 into halftime, just because the Chiefs just seem to have no answers for them. And so, yeah, you would obviously want that back. Uh, certainly don't never want to just throw away seven points. But I, I still thought the Eagles were in really good shape. And I especially thought, because as Tim said, uh, the way Mahomes reacted, I was like, oh, this is way worse than anything he's suffered to this point, but... I guess it wasn't, <laughs> like, to, to what Tim laid out. Because, um, yeah, I, I thought I was like, wow, down down seven, like, they could have, maybe, obviously you would have liked to go up 14 and a half, but still, 10 points at half, Eagles get that field goal. It's like, you're like, you're already down seven, Mahomes just got hurt, Eagles are now getting the ball back with a chance to add points before halftime, which they do. I, I thought the Chiefs were in trouble, um, to be honest, just because... Their defense didn't really have answers to that point. And And, yeah, I, I, and with Mahomes hurt and their defense, lacking answers and down 10, I thought the Eagles were just going to lean on them. I thought they were going to run the ball, their best rushing team in the NFL this season. And I thought it was kind of a done deal at halftime.
1: And the biggest, the biggest, um, argument against the argument that is the Eagles ain't played. Nobody is the fact that the Eagles basically run. They have this very particular game script Like, very particular thing that works for them. And it was kind of like the 14-2 and Ravens, not to bring up that trash franchise. But how it was very much like, on script, we're going to do this, and it's going to work. And then we are going to roll you. And in the first half, it looked like that Eagles script. And people were like, well, this it has to play out perfectly for them. But you know what? Credit to the Eagles. All season, it had. Like, it had worked. The way that they play football had worked then we get to the second half as we're about to transition to but it but you know going into halftime and going into the the Super Smash Brothers halftime show it it looked like that game script was working again for the Eagles and as a as an Eagles backer you're you're always terrified of Patrick Mahomes and and as we know now we should have been but it looked really good from the league's you know for my money most talented team
2: And there were a few drives by the Chiefs that had stalled. They looked kind of out of sorts for a few of those drives at the end, not the end of the first half, but essentially halfway through the first half to where you don't know what Mahomes is going to look like when he comes out the second half. He was stymied a little bit for a few possessions in a row. And yeah, and this dominant Eagles team is back exactly where they've been in every single game. Um, I want to talk, and this could go in either half, but the one thing that the Eagles hadn't done in the first half, I suppose, that would have been a better omen for them being able to lock things up in the second half was the pass rush, and I want to talk about this. Tim and I had this as one of our favorite props, and it was the over five-and-a-half sacks between the two combined teams. The one we expected more out of, obviously, was the Eagles' front four being able to just constantly pressure a limping, you know, sort of limited Patrick Mahomes. And they didn't. Um, And we didn't have that in the first half. And we certainly didn't have it in the second half, even when Mahomes, in theory, would have been limited. So there's a... I'll have to find out where it was. But there is a, a clip on Twitter that just shows the majority of Andrew Wiley, the right tackles, pass rush... Uh, pass play snaps I should say and it was him against Reddick a lot of the times and it was dominant and that was one of the questions we had about this game is how you know we knew that the Chiefs offensive line was better than it was in their Super Bowl loss to the Bucks, but how much better was it in relation to going against this really really good Eagles front four and they did amazingly they I think they exceeded expectations and that is what I mean, a major thing of what carried them in the second half. When you have a team, your offense is down. They're going to be throwing, and they came out throwing in the second half, but even with the Eagles being able to sort of pin their ears back, that Chiefs O-line held up for vast stretches of this game, and uh, and we missed out on the prop, but more importantly, the Chiefs you know, were able to score a touchdown after touchdown after touchdown in the second half. Here's my question to you guys, because this has been brought up, and talk about annoying narratives, was was it the Chiefs O-line or was it that disastrous football field that everybody was slipping and sliding on all game? Uh, is that like a lost n- crap narrative that the Eagles could not get as much of a pass rush because of the state uh, of that football field? Well, look,
1: I don't... If you If you point to the football field at all, people are going to be like you know the 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 twitter community which is just so healthy nowadays um is gonna be like well you're just not giving them any credit what the hell i think it's fair to mention both things you know in in today's society it's weird that like you can be kind of on you can be in the gray area there is a thing called the gray area everything's not black or white i think the and, and i can't remember who said it it might have even been a chiefs player who said? Or no, I'm sorry. It was Jordan Mailata, the left tackle for the Eagles, said it was like playing on a water park. Is what was what he said. And look, you could see it. I think there's something to that. And for the fact that that happens in the league's biggest game is is a ridiculous issue. That being said, this historic pass rush, who finished with 73 sacks in the regular season, I believe, who could rotate. And, I, and I'm stealing a line from Ryan Rossillo here because he nailed it. They could rotate a defensive line like an SEC team who has nailed recruiting for like five years in a row. They just go 10 deep and just keep rolling guys in. Hassan Redick has been incredible, and he was one of like, you know, by a week and a half into Super Bowl prep, people are like trying to find new storylines, and it's, well, this Hassan Reddick guy, nobody's really talking about him. He's way better than we think. Like, he's very, very good. I think it's fair to mention the field. But that is a smaller piece of the puzzle in terms of crediting this offensive line for, you know, we'll get to Travis Kelsey in a minute. I I legitimately turned off the broadcast after he said, nobody thought we'd be here this year. Like, <laughs> you're the Chiefs. Shut up. Everybody thinks you're going to be here every year. I, the jabroni stuff was funny because, like, everybody was actually picking the Bengals. But when you're saying – Nobody thought the Chiefs would be here. Grow up. But we'll get to that in a minute, because I have more I have more thoughts on that. But the but the but the Chiefs offensive line was legitimately getting disrespected leading up to this. but everybody was like, Eagles can win this game because that pass rush is gonna get to Mahomes, gimpy ankle, what have you, yada yada yada. And I think, you know, if you wanna do percentages, it's maybe at most ten percent this field, because these guys are professional athletes and they need to figure out a way to to get to the quarterback and 90% credit to credit to this chiefs offensive line. And, you know, obviously, you know, kind of a slap on the wrist, I guess for this, for this Eagles defensive line, for not being able to get the job done.
0: Yeah. I'm sure the field didn't help, but I mean, zero sacks, like Tim, you said they were, they were, they entered this game five sacks away from setting the single season NFL record. This was a historically good, a uh, pass rushing team behind only the 84 and 85 Chicago Bears. You may have heard of that latter team. Um, and, uh, yeah, they just they did not have a sack. I think it speaks to two things, I will say. I think it speaks to, uh, obviously, the, the play of the Chiefs O-line. But also, I think, just, you know, the scheming up that er, uh, Andy Reid and Eric Biannimi do. I mean, how wide open on both of their touchdowns. Uh Kadarius Tony was and Sky Moore was with the like the way they were employing motion to kind of, you know, alleviate and quick passing and, and a, a non Andy Reid thing sticking to the run game uh, uh, in the second half. The Chiefs actually outrushed the Eagles in this game, which I think is the other side of the offensive line kind of debate that they were able to outrush the Eagles and hold this historically great pass rush without a single sack. I just I was just so impressed and uh yeah I mean th- those touchdowns were like comical because they were basically the same play too the Tony one uh was called corn dog per uh, Andy Reid told Peter King um, I which love is that. just That's fantastic amazing. um and, and Eric Bieniemy he asked him why is it called corn dog and Bieniemy replied because we like to eat so fantastic fantastic all the way around so I think it was just uh, a kind of a combo of the, like those three things and obviously you know, you have the quarterback who can get these guys the ball and make the – and, like, what they said with that, like, in the Peter King's piece about, like, that play to Tony, it's like it's on Mahomes to make the right call. It's either he can hand it off or make the pass. He makes the right decision, and they have a walk-in touchdown. So I think it's just one of the great, you know, coaches we've ever seen in Andy Reid, two-time Super Bowl champ, over 200 wins now, uh, got him finish top three and wins all time. Uh, I think he's fourth right now, so, um, and two Super Bowls, I think it's him, I think it's Mahomes, and yeah, the offensive line, they, they sought about rebuilding it, they invested two draft picks in the line in 2021, including Creed Humphrey, and I believe the second round, their center, um, obviously, we traded them Orlando Brown, who, I, you know, he's not as good as Roddy Stanley, but he, he's, he's a good player. He's a, he is a good player, but <laughs> Ravens fans, there's a reason they made the trade. It's because we have a better left tackle. Let it go. But uh, the Chiefs set about rebuilding their line. It really worked. And, yeah, I think just everything came, kind of came in concert in the second half. Um, and, yeah, paved the way to victory. Just uh, keeping Mahomes clean, running the ball, and just clearly out-scheming what you know uh, Jonathan Gannon and the Eagles defensive coaches just didn't have the answers for.
1: So real quickly, I, I know we don't want to talk too much Ravens, but I did see this discourse on uh, I, a discourse like I saw one tweet about it and it got me upset. It was like, uh, guys, we need to mention that Eric DaCosta lost the Orlando Brown trade because those picks ended up being it ended up being and to their credit, it was Adafi Owe hasn't shown anything yet. Ben Mason just not going to suc- like take over Pat Ricard's job anytime soon. And they get Orlando Brown, who wins the Super Bowl, and uh, Nick Bolton, the linebacker. Which, fair? Nick Bolton, good player. Fine. The Ravens got something out of Orlando Brown when they were going to get nothing. Like, he was (laughs) going to leave. They got something from that. And Orlando Brown's now going to walk in free agency and going to get overpaid by somebody to watch speedy uh, defensive ends run around him. uh, Almost went non-family show there. Run around his... Mass for, you know, four quarters a game every single Sunday. He, he had a good game here. He is a good player. Jace is right. But that, that whole discourse about, like, they should have kept him. They haven't had a great right tackle since he left. One, he didn't want to play right tackle. He wasn't going to play right tackle. Two, Morgan Moses was a suitable guy. And three, again, they got things for a guy they were going to get nothing from. And just quickly on that defensive thing, too, and, and, and kind of more on this second half as well. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, this guy's supposed to get a head coaching job, and on the biggest stage, Andy Reid adjusted. And, and credit, you're going up against Andy Reid, who is arguably one of the best coaches of all time. They didn't change anything. The two touchdown plays, it, you know, smarter people than me can look at the All-22 and what have you. Out into the flat, Sky Moore was one, and I bu- it, it was uh, with the corndog play that Jason. Uh, mentioned. Yeah, uh, Tony. To Tony. There Tony, they look the same thing, and you're leaving a guy wide open in the flat there both times, which you got to figure that out on the biggest game. Like, you just have to. And then and then one more thing on this offense, too, in the second half, and, and you've heard it all before, and you've heard it from other sources if you have, but the Chiefs just bullied the Eagles, man, and that was not something we saw. Uh, the, they ran for 26 times for 158 yards to Phillies 32 for 115 After not having the ball for like an hour and a half of real time because the Eagles dominated time of possession so much, especially in the first half. And, um, you know, I I know certain Ravens fans. I have friends who are Ravens fans, and I, I don't necessarily disagree with them here, who are like, oh, now we hate the Chiefs. Like, now we really, really hate the Chiefs. Put them on the Bengals level. I'm not there yet. Um you know, I don't like them. I don't think we're ever going to get past them. I think we're going to be constantly second fiddle as we were to Tom Brady all those years. And it's just going to be like, all of a sudden, the three of us are going to be like, wow, we're 65. And like, we've just been just been anno- the annoying little brother for our entire lives. Like that's going to happen. But um, I say all this to say, even if you don't like the Chiefs, you have to love Isaiah Pacheco. Like, you, as a football fan, I don't care if you grew up in this pass-happy league and, like, James Bradbury, they actually call that when they haven't been calling it all game. We'll get to it. The way that guy runs for being, like, looks like a scat back, and then as soon as he puts both hands on the ball, you're like, oh, he's going to try and murder somebody. And then I I believe it was, I can't remember, the Eagles cornerback. Uh, Garter Johnson came up and gave him gave him a licking gave uh, Pacheco an absolute licking, hit him right in the shoulder pads and took him off his feet. Might have been Slay as well, might have hit him once too. But that guy just is the angriest runner I have seen in a very, very, like since Marshawn Lynch. And man, yeah, it sucks he plays for, you know, the big bad wolf in the AFC, but Isaiah Pacheco, hell of a game from him. I was worried about his over prop. I didn't go anywhere near it. And he ends up smashing that number. um, And I thought he was... Outside of Mahomes, outside of the offensive line, outside of Reed's adjustments, he was another big reason why they're taking home another Lombardi.
2: The tweet I was able to dig up. If you want to watch some some nice offensive line play, it's, it's a two-minute clip by uh, Josh Cohen, at J-C-O-H-E-N, uh, underscore, NFL, um, And the name of the tweet is just Andrew period, Wiley period. And it was tweeted at 1045 uh, on February 13th, if you're looking for it. Uh, Very fun. There's like some nice music just just set to the the nice work being done uh, by the right tackle there. We've talked a little bit. We've gotten into the second half here. But worth mentioning, the Chiefs uh, scored on every drive in the second (laughs) half. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And it would have been a fourth touchdown if they weren't being strategic about the score and the clock. The Eagles, offensively, didn't even really play badly in the second half. It's not like the Eagles' offense collapsed or anything like that, giving the Chiefs the chance to make the you know make the big comeback. They only had three drives, really. I'm not going to count the last one with, with one play and a Hail Mary attempt. They had three drives, they scored on two of them. They got a field goal, they punted, and then they scored a touchdown. It was just the Chiefs' D did not adjust in the second half. It was just the Chiefs' offense, owned the half, went on long drives and scored touchdowns at the end of all of them. Um, we get a somehow like healthier looking Mahomes in the second half than we got in the first <laughs> half, even though even though he <laughs> seemed to injure himself and re-injure the ankle specifically. It was just the how many times did we say and then how many times just did the national media say in leading up to this game i just can't can't bet against mahomes man i know it's the best player against the best team and you want to take the team but i don't know if i can bet against mahomes and that was this that was like the the solidifying of that statement was the second half of this game patrick mahomes 13 of 14 93 yards two passing touchdowns and the twenty-six yard run to set up the game-winning and game, you know, game-ending field goal, basically. And I hate that he's going to be in our lives for the <laughs> for the next ten years. It's going to be Brady, Mahomes, and then like whatever the name—I don't know what the name of Brady's sons are. Is there any Tom Junior? Like, it's going to be uh, one of the sons.
1: Jack. <laughs> no, it'll be it'll be it'll be Arch Manning.
0: <sighs> Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It'll yeah. Be Peyton's nephew.
2: <laughs> yeah. And that'll be and that'll be us to age sixty five as as Tim mentioned. So the next ten years are going to be ah, I can't bet against Mahomes because he's going to do this stuff in the second half of Super Bowls to own it to own the legacy there. Uh, anything else, guys? for we're going to get into the big stuff. But anything about the uh, the drives and, and early second half stuff there?
0: Just to kind of touch on the Eagles a second. You mentioned that the their field goal drive. That is kind of, for me, where the game sort of turned a little bit. You, you know, it's hard to argue with getting points, but kind of just going up an additional three. So 17-play drive, it's actually the longest drive-by plays in Super Bowl history. Uh, but they, 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 they stall out, they get three, and they're up 27-21. to 21, And then you go, all right, so they're kicking the ball, and the Chiefs are about to, you know, I was like, they score a touchdown here, they're suddenly up. And, of course, that's exactly what happens. The The Chiefs get their one stop, uh, which, you know, you can't be perfect on offense, but it proved disastrous for the Eagles because uh, they yielded the longest punt return in the Super Bowl history, we should say. Tony basically takes them down to the five, and the Chiefs punch it in, and then you're, you're down eight, but... I was just really impressed that, you know, I, and at that point when it's it, at 3527 at that point, after that long Tony return and the the chiefs punch and I, I like, I'm like, I thought I was like, okay, Eagles, nice story, but the chiefs, like the champs are here. They kind of took this game over uh, and that's all they wrote. But then just, you know, Jalen hurts and the Eagles like kind of response on that drive was just really, really impressive. You know, it's, had to have a touchdown and two-point conversion that get him seemingly with ease, Hertz uh, Hur- does, um, and, and with the two-point conversion, uh, that was his uh, t- touchdown and two-point conversion that gave him a uh, Super Bowl tying record, 20 points. He had three rushing TDs in this game, which tied Terrell Davis's single-game Super Bowl record. Uh, He just had an incredible performance. I mean, yeah, tying the Super Bowl record for points, scored 20 points. That's so many uh, for a quarterback, and that doesn't even include, you know, the, what, 300-some yards and touchdown pass he threw. He was the Super Bowl MVP if the Eagles won. Of course, they never got the ball back (laughs) um, because of the events at the end of the game. But, uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts, Tim mentioned him. He was just really impressive, and, yeah, I – the Eagles did play a great second half offensively. Like, they, they had cha- some chances, obviously, didn't – like, if they played better, they could have won. But it's hard to blame them, obviously. As I said, I think Hurts was the best player in the game. He just didn't win the game. So that's why you give him a hug.
1: Which is really funny you say that because, remember, it was best player versus best team. <laughs> Jalen Hurts J- – like that was the narrative going into this game. But Jalen Hurts, I think you're exactly right, was the best player – um, I just I, – one quick thing before we get into some of the bigger talking points. Um, I know there's been a lot of, like, especially now because they converted it so many times in the Super Bowl on the biggest stage about, oh, this uh, this short yardage thing, this short yardage thing, Al, this is going to get overturned. Like, this rule change is coming in. And I, if you don't know what I mean, it's the basically rugby scrum that they do with Jalen Hurts and two guys behind him on fourth and short. And it's like a guarantee – to get the fourth and one or the fourth and two, and I say this, you know, I, I don't want to just kind of wipe this away. Injury concern aside, if you can give me legitimate evidence of this play more than other plays, short yardage plays is going to is more um, likely to injure players severely. I'm more than willing to hear that argument. But the fact that people are like, well, now everybody's just going to do this, and now, like, fourth, fourth and short is just not going to be a thing anymore. Jalen Hurts squats 600 pounds. <laughs> Lamar Jackson isn't getting that fourth and one, guys. Like, that play, everybody's like, oh, they've cracked the code, quote-unquote. They know how to get short yardage. They've been doing it all year. Why do you think nobody else in the league does it? Because they don't have a quarterback who squats 600 pounds. Pounds. Have you ever, like, tried to pick up your groceries and, like, do the whole thing where, like, oh, I don't want to hurt my back, so better bend my legs over and, you know, because you're, you're a grocery store hero and you don't want to make a second trip, so you have, like, 10 bags going at once. And you're like, yeah, I've got this. That's probably, you know, we'll be generous. You got a lot of meat in there, maybe some really dense cauliflower. That might be, like, 65 pounds. Jalen Hurts did 10 times that. He squats 600 pounds this play like and again injury stuff aside if you're if you're telling me that this is more risky than short yardage stuff fine and that's fine to hear but the fact that people oh well they have to ban this why because the team is good at it you have to ban it because they're good at they have found a loophole because they have a quarterback who squats 600 pounds and that's the reason that that play works i think you know i've heard a lot of that uh as we record on monday i've heard a lot of discourse about oh or not even discourse. People just assuming that that play is going to be like, uh, the, commission, uh, the rules committee, they'll, they'll get that. You're, you're not going to be allowed to run that play anymore. Why? Because the Eagles can do it. It's just an advantage for them because they have a quarterback, again, if you didn't know, squats 600 pounds. It, just, it seems ridiculous to me that we're just going to you know, say, oh, they can't do that now because, because it, it, it takes the drama out of it because they're always going to get it. What? The point is to win. That doesn't make any sense.
2: Huntley, just let them push you over the goal line. No, don't re- no. don't lunge, <laughs> don't jump and lunge. Just okay. Uh, yeah, I th- would not be surprised if they do institute a rule change. I don't think just... it needs to be done. I could imagine like uh some this the dumb overthinking NFL version will be. One player may push the quarterback, but you can't have multiple players pushing the quarterback. <laughs> and, from behind and it's reviewable, <laughs> and
1: it's reviewable. So then you can spend another ten minutes
2: doing that. Yeah, um, it just it feels like the adjustments that they made around, uh, like on on field goals, like the guy jumping over the snapper. And then being it like you can't you can't line up over the 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 long slapper long snapper anymore, and they have the ref like analyzing exactly to the inch whether or not the guys are far enough away from from the ball. I could see something dumb being being done like that uh, to add yet another unnecessary rule to this game. Um, one other thing that I wanted to mention that's really not an X's and O's thing, but when I saw it, I. If you're a Chiefs fan and you saw it, I think it was like, oh, oh, this this game is going Kansas City's way. I think it was after the second touchdown in the second half. Chiefs are now up 28-27. And they just showed, it was like three or four players on this, offensive players on the Chiefs on the sidelines. They were fired up. They were all like slapping hands. I think it was Pacheco like talking to every single offensive lineman. Then they showed somebody else. And it was just and um maybe i'm taking too much out of this players get excited after they score touchdowns but there was just showing the, all the different shots of so many different players on the chiefs having this it just this visible confidence and it felt to me of what we talked about when we did the preview of the team that's been there succeeded and failed versus the team that's kind of new to this tim mentioned the the lack of uh, defensive adjustments for the eagles from the defensive coordinator on the fly so many Chiefs players being like, once we scored twice in the second half, like, this is over. We're not not scoring on this defense. Like, we figured them out. We have Mahomes looking healthy. Like, everything is working. Um, There's no incompletions. Every first down is getting made play after play after play. And it was just, I saw that in that moment, and it was, oh boy. They're they're just not punting again. They're not going to not score ever again. And it was a weird... uh, Kind of a, a weird inflection point for the Chiefs offensively. Um, okay. It's time. <laughs> what are we Are we far enough into the show? Yeah. It's third and eight on the Eagles 15-yard line. Chiefs have the ball. There's a minute and 54 seconds left. It's a tie game. Kansas City looking to score in some way, shape, or form to end this game. And there's the now infamous hold on Juju Smith. Schuster. It's been Zapruder filmed hard in less than 24 hours. I think I think all three of us are going to have like slightly different reactions to it. I can tell you this much. If you're an Eagles fan, you've never seen less of a hold in your life. If you're a Chiefs fan, you've never seen more of a hold in your entire life. I kind of sit on the it was a hold so I don't care that they threw a flag, basically. I'm not going to get super super irritated about a call in the moment that is a hold and the hold was made if it wasn't a hold and they threw the flag and it's third down in that moment and it deflates the end of the game i'm gonna be i'm gonna be jumping up and down i'm gonna be irritated and if i'm a eagles fan i'm gonna light a car on fire um (laughs) but i can't i don't know i'm struggling to get as angry about it given that there's a hand on a jersey, it pulls, it's the holding, it's not pass interference, I know the throw, I know the ball is overthrown, it's holding, it's, the, they literally, the referees have the expression, intentionally, prior to the pass, holding, not just holding, not pass interference, and they include that for a reason, so whatever, don't, I don't know, don't grab in that moment, if you want to get the ball back, don't let the ref make the call, kind of thing, don't grab the jersey, and so that's where I fall, and, I, and I'm going to embrace all different sides to this. So I'm going to stop there and, and let my co-hosts give their, give their side of it.
0: Well, so I'm with you to a degree, Antonio. Like, Because this flag comes out, doesn't really bother me, doesn't really surprise me. I didn't like it, but this is just what the NFL is now in 2022. Like They've just conditioned me to be like, oh, big moment, time for a flag. It just is what it is. And why this is what it is is because more than any other league... The NFL is a league that gives people exactly what they want. And then they complain about it. Uh, You know, so for decades, offensive players, Peyton Manning prominently, Tom Brady, amongst others, uh, and coaches, offensive coaches, have complained about just defensive tactics. Bill Polian got pass interference changed overnight via the NFL Rules Committee, basically. Um, and fans complained about low-scoring games as far back as like the seventies. They said there was too much defense in the game, and like decade after decade after decade, to the point where the NFL has basically legislated defense out of the NF like out of the league, to the detriment of the product, in my opinion. But yeah, that call—it's not your
1: opinion; it's fact.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> watching that documentary last week, I was like, I missed this. I, this is what I know. There's safety things. That's what I want football to be. But it's, you know, it's not. That's not what football is anymore. That flag was 100% ticky-tack. I wouldn't have made that call. Um, But I think it's just, like, a nightmare for, for like, officials to call these games now. Uh, Like, even, like, just because, like, I reflect, like, watching that documentary. Just, like, 20 years ago, like, you had, like, three, like, pass interference was, oh, he tackled the guy before the ball got there. <laughs> that was like, you could like grab them, tug them. They just keep adding and adding and adding stuff to these guys' plates in the name of opening the game up and quote unquote, making it safer, which isn't really helping much. Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. Seems like people are more hurt than ever, but uh, you know, I mean, uh, James, Bra- so like James Bradbury, he admits it's a penalty after the game. The guy it's called on, he said it was holding, I tugged his jersey. I was hoping they would let it slide. But it's the NFL in 2022. These refs aren't going to let it slide. They've been programmed to throw for all these ticky-tack, like, crap. Almost cussed. Uh, It just is what the NFL is now. You know, people wanted it. People wanted a wide-open offense. Coaches, players. Uh, But, you know, when, when refs call the game to what the NFL and its teams want, then people complain about it. So, you know, people always hate the monster they create, Antonio. Um, but I should also say, if this happened to the Ravens at the Super Bowl, I would commit a crime. I would be in jail today. Uh, <laughs> I would not be able to do the show. I, I, I would, I, I, people would not know my whereabouts. Uh, uh, J. Sevens, live
2: um, from the cell uh, on Time Like a Raven. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'd, I'd be downtown for sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, as I said, I wouldn't have called it. I get why it was called. That's just, you know, the NFL's conditioned me. They've beaten they've beaten it out of me. I can no longer be surprised that ref, you know, ref ball happens in these big moments. It just kind of is what it is. And, you know, if the player says it's a penalty, I don't know. I can't get too upset about it. And I as I said, I should say, part of why I'm not that upset, I don't really didn't really care who won this game. So, kind of was what it was for me. Didn't really impact my enjoyment of the Super Bowl. I think I said off the top. I still think it's still top 10. For me, I thought it was a really good game. Would have been nice, I guess, to have the Eagles have a late chance, but it d- didn't happen.
1: You guys make a lot of good points, and I don't want to rehash, you know, and and go over all of them again. And I always say that, and that I typically do, but I think for me, I I couldn't disagree more with Jace about this being like a top ten Super Bowl for me now, and. Because every time I think about it, I'll think of this play and how the ending of this game, this game that could have been so epic, just kind of got washed away. And hand up. I didn't really care who won either. Like, you know, I just, Eagles would have been cool. Like, I kind of, I, the Eagles, we kind of have a simpatico relationship with the Eagles and the Ravens. We're like little Eagles, basically. We're both birds. We're both, like, we've talked about this before. Both smaller cities on the East Coast that feel like they don't get enough credit. We're both angry a lot of the time about nothing. We both love light poles and climbing them, probably. I bet, like, Pratt Street would be littered with people climbing light poles the next time the Ravens win the Super Bowl or the Orioles do anything of note, which, you know, we'll see if that comes this year. So maybe I was rooting that way a little bit. But my biggest issue with all of this is that yeah, Jace goes, yeah, they could beat it out of me, and, and like it's ref ball, and this is what happens now. This is the game now. That wasn't this game. That wasn't this game. The, the wider scope of the National Football League, the playoffs, what have you, Jace, 100% right. But what you're 100% wrong about is they were letting things go in this game. They were letting the guys play, as, as the saying goes. And all I ask for, and like, yeah, I'm, I'm with Jace. I want, I want linebackers to be a thing again. <laughs> I want receivers to fear going over the middle of the field. I want jacked up to come back. And I don't care how, oh, that sounds really insensitive. I don't care. That's my football. Like, that's what I want. It's not coming back, and that's fine. So I'm willing to accept what the game is because this is the game that I love. It's the game that I watch. It's the game that I slave over. And frankly, the game that ruins most of my Sundays in the fall, <laughs> but I still watch it all the time because it's the thing that I've attached myself to. And I'm willing to accept the changes and the offense and the, the, the spark, because people can't understand the defense is just as fun. What I can't get on board with is a lack of consistency. And it's, you know, I texted you guys this in the group chat uh last night. Like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be as upset as I was in the moment because I watch Big Ten basketball and the refs start blowing their whistles for call for fouls that weren't fouls 25 minutes ago, but all of a sudden are now fouls. That's the thing that drives me crazy. It's third and eight, and Antonio, you're right. The overthrow doesn't count because it's holding, it's pass interference, whatever. That's fine. uh You know, I made that point in here, willing to to seed that point, but. There was a lot of stuff all game, and if you're following along on Twitter, like, why didn't they call this? They're they're grabbing and touching over here. They're doing that. And the and Carl Cheffers and his crew, to their credit, and the the way I'd want the game to be to, to be refed. And I'm sure they got the message after the conference championship games where it was Torbert couldn't get off the screen, you know, every, if he went on the screen every five minutes, his mom was calling, being like, Throw another flag, honey. We want to see your bright, shiny face again. So I'm glad that Cheffers and his crew. Got out of the way, for the most part. And then in the biggest moment of the game, in, to that point, for my personal rankings, top five non-Raven Super Bowl for me. Number one is still the Eagles beating the Patriots because I watched with a bunch of Patriots fans, and that was hilarious. (laughs) And then that, that game, this game on Sunday, gets ruined because a referee... Forgets to be consistent and craps down his leg. I'm willing to hear, oh, it's ticky tack, but he grabbed him, and I'm and fine. Bradbury admits it, fine. And I, he, I, I thought I could get away with it. You know why he thought he could get away with it? Because he's got coaches in his ear saying they're not calling this s. They're not calling it. If you got, if you get caught a little bit tug a little bit and you'll be okay because they're not calling it this is how this game is going and coaches to their credit and players to their credit adjust to that and they and they change their game cornerbacks especially like try shadowing the best athletes in the world for for an hour of game time or 3 hours of time it's near damn near impossible the way the game is played now they found a little bit of leeway because the refs were calling it that way and they adjusted their game plan to that and then it got taken away by the boys in the black and white. And that is the thing. And 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 we all got robbed of what could have been an incredible ending. And so fine, he grabs him. Fine, this is the league. This is how they do it now. This is ref ball. I think Jace, that's a it's a really good way of phrasing it. That game wasn't being called that way, except in that moment, the biggest moment of the biggest game of the year. And that is why I'm still pretty hot about it. And I think it's, I can't even say it's the wrong call. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's the wrong call because it, it's, its by the letter of the law, it's holding. <laughs> but it's the wrong call in that moment. It just is. It just is. Yeah, I, I
0: think you're right. I mean, I, you raised some good points. It, it's, yeah, I mean, I guess it yeah, just speaks for me to just how, how i've just like little faith i have in the refs and how i've sort of just accepted that totally, it, there, with you, 100%. It, it, totally
1: it, there with you hundred percent totally there with you this is Fine. what it is
0: it's they will be in. Incons- there will be no consistency uh they will be inconsistent they will make uh terrible decisions in the biggest moments uh they will no have no real rhyme or reason to what is a catcher isn't a catch it just uh, you know it goes on and on and on and uh uh yeah so that that was a damper i, I am with you tim i think if we don't have this controversy at the end. So that's probably why I, I limit it to top 10. Um, I think it would be top five. I do think that game was that good. It was a real heavyweight fight between the two best teams of the NFL. And, you know, I think the Chiefs are still a worthy champion. Uh, you know, I, I I still think they'd probably win that game regardless. But um, we don't know because uh, it never happened. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was a little of a, of a, a bummer. But... Um, I I was at least with Bradbury saying it was a penalty. I, I was kind of. Um, I don't know if it's good, but it well, at least because uh, he could have gone the other way, right, and been like uh, the NFL's rigged and <laughs> all this. But being like the yeah, script, the yeah, script. Yeah, I held him like that. Kind of. I don't know if he just didn't want to get fined. <laughs> I don't know if he would. He would if he like teed off on the officials. But it is the Super Bowl. You think if a guy's gonna be fired up. Uh, about a call, it would be this. So the fact that he said he thought it was a hold, you know, I think that probably eased some some anger, maybe. But at least for the casual fans, certainly Eagles fans are probably not uh, any happier. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of a bummer on what was otherwise, you know, one of the, one of the best Super Bowls we would seen up to that moment, I think. I
2: want to talk a little, extend out from this with the, sort of like the legacy Conversation. I, th- I think for to, in Tim's explanation, the ten years from now of this game is is the call. Uh, Jace, I know you have some things which on sucks. which sucks. Um, I know you have some things on Mahomes that I am uh, annoyed by at first, but agree with ultimately. I'm going to let you uh, explain explain this a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, so in the immediate aftermath of this game, right, Antonio, everyone sprints to. Uh, because he did several things we haven't seen in a while in this game. He became the first MVP to also win the Super Bowl in the same year since Kurt Warner in 1999. It's his second MVP, or it's his second Super Bowl, second Super Bowl MVP. Three Super Bowl appearances in four years. Um, just people. Uh, we're sprinting to call Mahomes uh, the greatest QB of all time uh, in the aftermath of this game. But
2: Let's all calm down.
0: Yeah, uh, that's exactly where I am. Like, Two things can be true, Antonio. Patrick Mahomes is maybe the most talented quarterback we've ever seen, and he's definitely the best quarterback in the NFL and best player in the NFL uh, right now. But Tom Brady man who just retired (laughs) a guy who everyone on Twitter last night probably watched Tom Brady's entire football career. I mean, who are making these Mahomes is the greatest ever. Tom Brady has five more championships than Patrick Mahomes does five. He has one more MVP and Tom Brady is the leader in every single passing stat. And by the way, Patrick Mahomes incredible. He's only lost three playoff games to have been to tom brady <laughs> like i'm certainly not tom brady's biggest fan or defender like we know this we've talked on this show and just in, in person i've probably said much meaner things than about tom brady than i've ever said on, on our air here but uh like just people have no appreciation of like the nfl's history and history in general, but that's a whole other, you know, matter. <laughs> d- uh, Diving
2: into some American history, Jace. <laughs> yeah. We're going to need some uh, off-season content, so maybe we can give Jace does 10 yeah. minutes on the Civil War. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but like, I feel the same way when people say, like, like, Randy Moss is better than Jerry Rice. It's like, it matters what you get out of your career. <laughs> like, uh, in a whole career. Just playing the whole career. And, and, like, with the Mahomes is the greatest thing. It's not just Brady. Like... I obviously I think Brady is the greatest because he has seven rings and every single NFL record. Like, if football is the ultimate team sport and is about winning, no one is a greater NFL player ever than Tom Brady. Just that's what it is. But Joe Montana, four Super Bowl championships, three Super Bowl MVPs. In two regular season MVPs, that Patrick matches Mahomes. All the other figures, more than Patrick Mahomes has. Peyton Manning, two-time champ, same as Mahomes, five-time NFL MVP. Mahomes is only one, too. Like, maybe Mahomes gets there. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's possible we sit at the end of his career, uh, and he is the all-time leader in everything, and has, I don't know, eight Super Bowls. But he's 27, you know, Brady had three rings by 27, and then went a decade without winning a Super Bowl. Nothing's guaranteed in the NFL. Um and uh yeah, so that's kind of it. Just let it play out, people. Maybe Mahomes will be the greatest of all time, but two Super Bowls and two MVPs. He's really good. He's the best player in the NFL today. Also, uh, yeah, he's not the greatest of all time yet. <laughs> let it play out. <laughs> it takes a I, I whole think, career to fill to build that.
1: Jay, simply on that, I think it's people who wanna get to the take early. Yeah. <laughs> like I, nowadays I think people are like They want to put the tweet out so that in, like, you know, 15 years when Twitter is definitely still around because it's thriving right now, trust me, that those people, look, see, I told you. It's like, okay, good for you, man. Like, great, we know. It was like, uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, what Mahomes is doing is incredible, but it's going to take a lot of not only skill, but a lot of luck to do this. Like, somebody brought this up as well, like, I was listening to, I can't remember what I was listening to, but I thought it was a really interesting point that if Mahomes is gonna be Brady, right, you wanna throw that into the ether here. You wanna you wanna put that and you know, stamp that. He's gonna have to win probably four Super Bowls without the likes of Travis Kelsey. Like they rebuilt <laughs> without Tyreek Hill, but Travis Kelsey's older. Like Travis Kelsey's career is coming to an end. So they're gonna have to find a way he's gonna have to do it, most likely, without Andy Reid. Andy Reid, there was talks that this might be Andy Reid's last game. He said he's coming back, what have you. Didn't expect him to, you know, to, to leave after this anyway. But he's also coming to the end of his run. So, like, this this is not going to be the Belichick-Brady thing. And, you know, that they had to rebuild that team multiple times. And the the first three titles, or at least the first two, probably three, were defensive titles and Brady game managing. That's not what this is. They put... Mahomes at more at risk and stuff so I, I'm with you let let him play out but I think people are just looking at it in the now and going he's gonna be thrown to Travis Kelsey for seven more touchdown or seven more Super Bowl excuse me and it's like no he's not like that this team is if, if he does this for 20 years or whatever that team is going to look remarkably different than it does as of right now and and maybe you know god willing still Mahomes still has those two ankles that haven't been shattered again by a 12-gauge
2: Tim mentioned Tyreek Hill there. I think fair to mention quickly, uh, they won that bet that they made with themselves, basically. Uh, That had a ton of scrutiny in the offseason where it was the engine works because you have Mahomes, because you have Kelsey, and because you have Hill. And they all have different—obviously the quarterback has different skill sets, but you have Kelsey getting the 8, 9, 10 catches and breaking tackles and then Hill was just, just get him the ball, and then watch, get out of the way, watch what happens. And he had so many moments with the Chiefs where he just just game-busting plays where it looked like three guys were in front of him. No, it's a 60-yard touchdown, you know, after the catch. Maybe, you know, moved on from that just at the right time, and we're still able to win a frickin' Super Bowl <laughs> after getting rid of... Their best skill position player, you know, it's close with Kelsey, obviously, but um, yeah, a, a nice move that they made when the Ravens are struggling to find, you know, the, the comparison of the Ravens trying to find anybody who can be a playmaker uh, offensively outside of the quarterback position and with the, chief, the Chiefs moving on from a guy at just the right time and still winning the Super Bowl.
0: And it's just such a punch in the gut for Ravens fans, and I think a reflection of how much coaching matters is the Chiefs were more explosive this year. They had more explosive plays than last year, even with Tyreek Hill, Antonio. So it was like they got rid of the most explosive guy in the NFL and somehow got more explosive in 2022 than they were in 2021. It's oh just oh like, my gosh. <laughs> it, it, just, yeah, it just speaks to like the power of coaching and... Things the things our favorite team need to improve upon.
2: <laughs> All right, let's go over some of our prop bets here. Let's fill in the gaps. And then if you guys have any final comments about this game, feel free to jump in. Uh, not not the best. Not the best for me with props. Um, I mean, obviously, I went for some, some home runs as opposed to singles and, and doubles. But I did get the Kelsey over... Uh, for receiving yards. Um, did not get the MVP. Uh, I have to pull this up. Probably would have been wise to pull it up before I led into this segment. But did not get the over five and a half sacks. Was not close with that. And that was one of the ones that I maybe felt the best about. Uh, and I'll continue to have nightmares about the Miles Sanders first touchdown of the game. I mean, it I just it could not have been laid out more accurately. And yet, who needs to give him a, a carry? Uh, on the 10-yard line. Um, For the game, though, did get the uh, teaser pick um, with the Chiefs plus 7.5 and and then the over 44. The over 44.5, that was done, I think, in the third quarter, like early in the third. So that felt good to have that. Um, And then as the game went along, even as it got close, sort of felt good about the plus 7.5, obviously, no matter what happened. Um, Fellas, what? How about your your prop bets before we do some of the longer season stuff?
0: Well, so not not good on the props. I did get the game pick. I picked the Chiefs, so I got that going for me. But otherwise, I lost all the props I uh, threw out on on our show. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell um, ended up being the game's fifth leading rusher behind both quarterbacks. Uh, not 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 a good bet on my part. Frank Clark, no sack for him. Only two sacks in the game, as you mentioned, Antonio. Uh, on both sides, no Chris Jones sack either. It was Leo Chenal, I believe, and a defensive back I've never heard of with the two credited with the two sacks for the chiefs. Um, uh, and, and then, uh, we, I do think we need to talk about this guy. Tim, you had mentioned, at least you want to talk about him a little bit, but Travis Kelsey, he really sunk me. Uh, the, the, the MVP path was there. I know we talked about it a little bit, but Mahomes, Mahomes is the first quarterback to win MVP since Tom Brady, in Super Bowl 36, to have less than 200 yards. I think literally all we needed was a second Kelsey touchdown on one of those plays that went to Tony or Skymore. And we have two Kelsey TDs. He has basically half of all the yards Mahomes threw. Uh, but they bottled him up kind of in the say He had like one big catch in the second half, but uh, after his early touchdown, he was quiet, and that just hurt me so much. I, I had I had Kelsey first. I threw out Kelsey first TD, but of course he scores the game second TD because the, the Eagle or the Chiefs defer, and the Eagles go right down the field to cause Antonio pain, uh, and then and then Kelsey didn't get his second TD. So I, uh, which I think if he gets that second TD, I think he also wins Super Bowl MVP. So I was in shambles uh, from Travis Kelsey, but I, I think he, uh, Tim, I think he irked you perhaps. <laughs>
1: Well yeah, I mean I said my piece a little bit earlier. I'll just say this. The interrupting the quarterback's interview to like do your your WWE promo <laughs> is really funny when you call out the Cincinnati mayor cuz Cincinnati went too far. It's also really funny when it's Cincinnati because I'm completely biased. It's also funny when the things you say are correct when you're doing the whole, you know, shut your mouth and know know your role and shut your mouth whatever the rock thing is i didn't grow up watching the wwf unfortunately Uh, my parents didn't like it weird Uh, they let me watch ray lewis decapitate people (laughs) but they didn't let me watch wrestling who knows um but then like the whole coming in no i I legitimately no nobody thought we would be here click i turned the tv off i just went nope not doing it because that's just it's absolutely insane but in terms of the prop bets uh prop bets excuse me so I, um, after the show, I went in and put about 15 more in. <laughs> all very, very small, but I just got addicted to the prop bets. And I did okay. You know, it wasn't great. It was definitely less than 50%, but, you know, it was fine. But I'm, I'm trying to go through here the ones that I did mention on the program. I did mention heads. That didn't come off. I believe I mentioned both teams to complete their first pass attempt at minus 105. That did hit. It was just one of those things of something coming into a rhythm. Um, I didn't mention missed field goal. I took that day of and that hit, which was hilarious. Thank you, Harrison Bucker. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, over 18 and a half rushing yards. I just thought that was a lock. It ended up happening. What I also thought was a lock was him to get more rushing yards than Jarek McKinnon. I got it at plus 110 or at plus 100, excuse me. And then at game time, it was minus 110 on either side. So I was like, oh, I'm good here. Let's go. And then McKinnon like finally showed up for the first time in a month, so that sucked. I lost the head-to-head, but did still get the over-rushing yards. Um, I did over Mahomes' rushing yards, but I didn't mention that one on the show. I mentioned the 25 receiving yards in each half for uh, you know Stone Cold Travis Kelsey. That didn't come through, unfortunately. Uh, and the last one here that I did uh, on the show that we talked about, because I remember we were, we were texting about it as well, Last play of the game to be a quarterback, Neil, no, at plus one eighty four. That was my big. That was probably my quote unquote big winner for for the you know monetary values I'm putting on these. Nothing's really big, but my quote unquote big winner there uh, because obviously Jalen Hurts threw it about. 23 well, yards into the dirt so
0: he definitely slipped when he threw it that was like the other yeah, thing with did. the slipping on the field that was so it would have been like i think a, a little more redeemed like like i said this was the third highest scoring super bowl ever so uh, it was good but the last sequence and then combined with we didn't get a real hail mary out of it because he kind of lost his footing and <laughs> turf the ball 20 feet in front of any uh you know, player in the vicinity. So that that was kind of a bummer, too, that you're like, maybe if we had had a real Hail Mary attempt, it would have been like, huh? But, you know, as 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 that ball flying, you're like, oh, that's not hitting anyone. So it kind of, it just kind of, kind of a, you know, anticlimactic end to the Super Bowl, I suppose.
2: <laughs> it was, I would say, comedically underwhelming, Jace. I was surprised. They're at their 36-yard line. I was like, they're not, they're obviously going to do the, like, Pitch the eight pitch play here, right? And then you see everybody run downfield. He's like, he's cannot throw this seventy yards in the LA, in the air. And then he didn't even bother. I mean, I guess he was concerned about the pass rush, which the Chiefs barely even did on the play. But almost every quarterback to six, su- not to succeed, but to get a good throw off. They have to wait, they have to wait, then they have to like roll out so that they can do the three-step like run run into the throw, and he didn't do that, and he kind of was like running into his lineman. and then the throw was like on a a line draw, man, yeah, an underwhelming final play, but let's do some of our uh, season-long bets as well, guys, because we never went over those at the end of the regular season. Um, I want to note, because I've been tracking it all year, so I'm going to finish it out here. Uh, with the two-leg teaser uh, win, thirty-eight and twenty-seven with my game picks for the season, and and hashtag I will take it uh, every <laughs> single season uh, for the over/unders. I uh, won the Bears. I believe all of us. We should. We maybe should have done an official pod like a Raven uh, wager on this, but the under six and a half wins for the Bears. Six I think and they. A half.
1: Six and a half
2: for the I, Tim, I go back and forth, though, because it looks obvious. It looked obvious then. It looks obvious now. I think they won three games out of their first, like, six or something like that, and then just lost <laughs> everything else for the rest of the season. But it's a long bet. It's a season-long bet, guys, and, and that's, that's what we knew. Uh, won the over six and a half wins for the Panthers... On a literally on the last field goal of the season. Uh I did not enjoy that bet all year. I hated it all year. It somehow won uh week 17 with a 10-7 win over the Saints, whatever. Uh and then my saddest thing uh of the year, losing the Ravens over ten and a half wins. Really thought they had it preseason. I thought they had it at the quarter pole, thought they had it at the bye, <laughs> thought they had it at the three-quarter pole. And yet, somehow, they Ravens ravens dit, it, um, even with a backup QB for five to six weeks, and lost that by one drive uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, uh, that's the one over-under loss on the season. So, overall, I will take it. We will see you next year.
1: Cool. Yeah, I went, I went 4-0, actually, on my over-unders here. Uh, Antonio mentioned the Bears. Uh, my... my pessimism worked out for me in terms of the ravens i won my under ravens 10 and a half, looking back at the document and then these two i love i'll start with this one because i love it because i i pulled the notes i literally went back into our doc here and pulled the notes and i went vikings over eight and a half and i hate it is the <laughs> note that i put in there uh, obviously that one hit with flying colors and then i was trying to tell people forever and maybe it's because I just don't like this franchise as a whole, even though if they have the iconic uniforms. the Under on the Las Vegas Raiders at eight and a half. They ended up winning six games. People just assumed Josh McDaniels was going to be a good coach. Like, boggles my mind, but okay. Uh, I, I slammed the under on that one, won that one as well. So went 4-0 on the over-unders this week.
0: Yeah, I was with you guys on the Bears. That What a weird season. I, I think because the Texans were so bad for so long, it threw everyone off the scent, and the Bears swooped in right at the last, last day of the season to snag that worst overall pick. I keep forgetting the Bears have the first overall pick. I'm just like, so the Texans will take Bryce Young at one, and then I'm like, oh, wait, no, they don't have that pick. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out this offseason. But... uh I was with Tim. I was not. Uh, you know, it's so far frustrating. I was with him under ten and a half for the Ravens, but it's just so frustrating. The season plays out almost exactly how I predict. I believe, like I, I'm thinking back, I'm pretty sure we nailed the order to Tim that the finish where we had Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, Browns. I believe. Um, the season goes exactly how I think, and yet it doesn't. Like I thought, as you said, Antonio, it was looking good at the buy. I, I was looking at some some tweets recently from myself. I went back to just kind of see like where was my headspace at midway through the season. It was great. Uh, entering the bye after that Monday night football win over the Saints was so good, and then they had two games the whole rest of the season where they scored more than one touchdown. Let me ask that. On Hold game. on.
1: Hold on. Let me ask. Let me ask because the Saints one was the one we were all like, and the, and the the Bucks one too. We're like, oh, okay. But even in the beginning, there were some like eh, I don't know games.
0: Yeah, the, that first half of Bucks was the most despicable football. We I think we seen where they threw it what thirty five times in the first half, something <sighs> absurd. Oh, so yeah, God. there there was trouble. It was in paradise, but they won those games handily. They like it seemed like their run game was in order, and and then it all fell apart. And uh, yeah, uh, so even though I predicted them to finish under ten and a half, the road to there was somehow way worse uh, than I anticipated. And then I said this at the time, I wrote in our document uh, back in September, I believe, when we did this, this one hurts, Steelers over 7.5, and and by God, Mike Tomlin came through with a 9-8 and season (laughs) once again uh, to prevent the Steelers from having a losing record. I believe they're the, what, the second worst team, draft odds-wise, that, you know, the teams that missed the playoffs, so good on them, I think only the Lions have a higher pick of the non-playoff teams so you did it steelers you're picking 15th again or whatever (laughs) you know uh i i that was just a belief in the steelers infrastructure and that there wasn't going to be that much of a drop off from ben roethlisberger and at one point i believe the steelers were what three and eight or something or so three and seven uh and they somehow ended up with a winning record so uh it was another improbable one, but, uh, yeah, Mike Tomlin made that one true for me. So I went 3-0 and on my over-unders.
2: Pittsburgh Steelers for the season, negative 38 point differential, <laughs> won nine games. Baltimore Ravens, plus 35 point differential, won 10 games, won one more game. Uh, that's coaching. That's coaching for you. That's, that's coordinating for you. Oh, my gosh. I hate it. I hate it so much. But, yeah, for the listener— just listen to Pod like a Raven next season for the over unders because, I mean, what a season that the three of us had with uh, with the win total. So pressure's on with us uh, for that next year. Gonna just quickly go over uh, where we're gonna be. Also, this is where we're kind of at a, at an end point of sorts as we record uh, seasons here. The scouting combine is March second through the fifth. So. Uh, Also, the franchise tag deadline is Tuesday, March 7th, so we will be off, uh, we didn't talk about this pre-show, but I'm just going to jump in and and ask slash tell my co-hosts, we're going to be off for the next three weeks, Uh, we deserve it, we deserve a a breath here, especially with all the Ravens-related mess that happened all year, and we're going to come back to you uh, right around that franchise tag deadline, either the 7th or the 8th, uh, with an episode coming out to review the combine highlights, uh, and if, if any, and, uh, you know, just sort of check in on the status of the Ravens franchise tag and whether they used it and who they, who they might have used it on. Um, just a small bit of news that we'll be bringing you, uh, in early March. And then we'll probably jump into the, uh, the every two week, routine and maybe take some time off as well as we get into player news free agency stuff and then draft coverage in april and it's kind of like the closing of, of season four of, of pod like a raven so i wanted to get any fine <laughs> any final thoughts they can be positive if you would so choose if you would enjoy but final thoughts on uh closing out
1: another season another year of pod like a raven bring me quentin johnston from tcu
0: I'm a. That's a good one. I, I'm on the Joey Porter Jr. train. I know I should want okay. a receiver, but uh, I just think we're so bad at drafting them. I just assume anyone we draft is going to immediately like tear Liz Frank. Is that a thing you can do? I don't even know the medical sure uh, thing. Uh, no, this season was very frustrating. I think certainly the least enjoyable Ravens season of the four we've covered, but. I did think amidst the frustration, I thought you know our best season yet uh, if we could pat ourselves on the back. I thought we always had some stuff to talk to. I thought we did good shows and uh yeah, thank you all for listening, certainly and uh yeah I hope uh I think I've said this on the show, but I hope for finality of some sort with contract <laughs> situations involving various players this off season and uh yeah, just kinda kind of hope that uh that gets solved so we don't have to just keep doing this a whole nother year uh that would be my nightmare i think (laughs) but yeah even more so than just going four and 13 next year or whatever but uh um yeah so weird year annoying year uh kind of from start to finish even uh, on two annoying years really in a row Uh, it's a bigger picture (laughs) thing with state of the franchise but uh yeah uh glad the season's over looking forward to what's next
1: in all seriousness yeah i mean like the, the the support we get for this tiny little thing that we do is always appreciated i love getting text messages and notes of people you know while listening or or you know whether we're basically their therapy session on a tuesday after they've calmed down a bit and it either helps them kind of move past it or makes them angry all over again you know that's kind of what we're here for um and we want to try and make this thing a little bit bigger you know obviously we all have jobs as it, as it is but i think i think there's room to grow here but that only happens with the support that we get from from the the lovely listeners and, and it's again even the the smallest messages mean the most um they they really do so i have two requests for the listeners here one would you like merch and two what kind of merch at Tim Horsey uh, is probably the best way to get us or at pod, like Raven on Twitter. If you're on the West coast or if you're like, you know, up playing call of duty till about three in the morning at JST Evans <laughs> is where you want to go uh, rather, rather than at Tim Horsey as well. Uh, Antonio, I don't include you only because I know you're not hopelessly addicted to Twitter. Like, like Jason, I are. So I just don't want to put you in that. Obviously pod, like Raven, gmail.com pod, like Raven on Twitter and Instagram as well. It's probably the easier way to do that. And, We should mention because if you if you listen to this whole episode and I know we probably Antonio mentioned it in passing, but there was no random Raven this week. Um, We've kind of gone through the catalog of random Ravens and we need a new game. Now, we we all are creative. We'll figure something else. uh, We'll figure something out to do. John Harbaugh quotes. We'll never die. But if there's some other sort of quiz show or game or something that you think would be fun, whether it's football, Ravens related. Or anything else really, especially in the off season, let us know all those same places uh, at podlegraven, Twitter and Instagram uh, at podleggravven more than willing to take suggestions on stuff uh, if you guys have any ideas for that because again this is this is not only our show it's your show too for for listening so we want to we want to make you a part of it as much as we can some great words
2: from my two co-hosts. It is really one of the more fun more fun things to do uh, e- even with the losses even with the devastation at times uh it is the th- that's when it is a therapy session and then when uh i guess sometimes the big wins happen uh it's just an even more fun treat and and activity to be able to talk with uh, my two co-hosts and uh share share the ravens the ravens love and the ravens fandom with all the listeners out there so signing off for season four of pod like a raven for Tim Horsey and Jace Sevens, I am Antonio Barbera. Thank you so much for listening to us week in, week out. We will see you in three weeks.